From Arcadia, California, The Carter Report presents The Living Word Around the World. I want to give you just the warmest welcome today to The Carter Report because this is a great program. Have you ever wondered what's happened to the human race? We're going to talk today about the soul and the worth of a human soul. But firstly, would you please welcome Ruben Capistrano, who's going to come and sing for the glory of God. Welcome today, Ruben. Sing because 
Today we're going to talk about the worth of a soul. Now, if you take your Bibles, and if you come over here to the book of Genesis, we read here about the creation of a human soul. We're going to come over here to the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verse 7. Genesis 2, verse 7, the Bible says, The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, Man became a living being. It says in the King James Version, which we all love, it says the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. In the NIV it says living being or a person. A soul is not something that you can't see. A soul is is sitting next to you today here in church. The Hebrew word is nephesh. Nephesh. And you find this word many, many parts of the Old Testament. Of course, it's a Hebrew word. And the word soul means, for the most part, it's got various meanings, but for, for the most part, one of its basic meanings is a person. A person. So when we say, what is a soul worth? We're saying, what is a person worth? What is the worth of a soul? Come over here quickly, would you? Mark chapter 8 and verse 36. And we come to the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 8 and verse 36. Jesus said, What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? Now this text tells us why we ought to follow Christ, but it also tells us something else. It tells us that a soul is worth more than the world. Can you believe this? How much is a soul worth? A soul is worth more than the whole world. Listen to me. Never put yourself down. Never feel inferior never put yourself down never feel like some people have said you know you're just an animal you're just a machine no you are more important than a whole world you've all heard of the great Alexander Solzhenitsyn some have called him the greatest Christian of the 20th century and he was a great critic 
of the Soviet system, that diabolical empire. He was being tortured for his faith by a woman in the Gulag Archipelago. Have you read it? You ought to get it. The Gulag Archipelago. Then you'll realize what it was like in the Soviet Union. And as he was tortured by a communist guard, and when the pain became so intense, he cried out in his pain, uh, don't you know I'm a soul? And the woman said, we can't help breaking eggs when we're making omelets. The omelet was the Soviet state. And the individual was nothing. I'm here to tell you today, the individual is everything. Worth more than a world. The death of God always leads to the death of man. Don't forget that. Philosophers like Nietzsche got rid of God in the 19th century. And the following century saw the greatest bloodbath in history when I was in Kiev being taken down into the dungeons beneath a great auditorium in the city of Kiev and I preached in that place where Khrushchev said we will get rid of Christ and we'll get rid of God and they took me down into a place where thousands of the cream of society were tortured to death by the communists I went for a walk in a park I walked past these stately trees and on all the trees there were photographs of people who were tortured to death and then shot with a bullet to the back of the neck. In eastern Siberia there is a city by the name of Magadan. Ever heard of it? The streets of the city are paved with human bones, covered with tar now. When a person went to Magadan, his life expectancy was measured in months because it didn't matter. When in Russia, I shouted to the people, the millions who came to the meetings, you are not an animal, you are not a machine, you are a child of God. Jesus said one soul, one person is worth more than the world. Never put yourself down. Never put anybody else down. Jesus, God in human flesh, treated people with respect, compassion, consideration, dignity, and love. So should we, if we are his disciples. Why? Come to Genesis 1, 27. Genesis 1 and verse 27. Genesis 1 and verse 27. So God, Elohim. This is Yahweh Elohim. Genesis 1.27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We are not the product of nothingness. We came from the hand of God and we were made in the image of God. We are not related to the animals or trees. Man is distinct and glorious because only man was made in the image of God. What is a soul worth? I listened to the famous atheist, the great debater, 
the great scientist from Oxford University, I heard him make the statement, the universe came from nothing. Atoms, molecules, everything, it came from nothing. He said it with a straight face. One of the greatest scientists in the world, but walking in darkness, he said, man is the product of chance. The evolutionary process, he said, has no meaning. It is totally random. It is based on the Darwinian concepts of the survival of the fittest and natural selection. Of course, there is some truth in the survival of the fittest. We all know that and natural selection. But man is more than that. And because this doctrine has permeated society, we have today the great despair. Why do famous Hollywood stars who've got more money than they can poke a stick at, why do they suicide? Why do so many people suicide? What has gone wrong with society? Alexander Solzhenitsyn said, uh, as he looked over the utter chaos of the former Soviet Union, he said, man has forgotten God, and all these things have come upon us. Man has forgotten God. The death of God always leads to the death of man. What's going wrong in American society? Why do we have a culture of rudeness? Whatever happened to civility and good manners and respect. But if man is simply a, a cosmic accident, then really he is a cosmic nothing. But I suggest to you today, he is made in the image of God. And man is tremendously important. See how Jesus treated people. They must have been worth a lot. Come over here to John chapter 8, verses 1 down to 11. John chapter 8. Aren't you glad you're in church here today? John chapter 8, verses 1 down to 11. But Jesus went out to the Mount of Olives. Been there many times. At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him. He sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, if any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go and leave your life of sin. Look at me. He did not condemn her. He did not damn her. He did not even disfellowship her. He forgave her and restored her. 
because she was more valuable, worth more than a billion worlds in space. Would you come over to Luke 15? Luke chapter 15, verse 11. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set out to a distant country, there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine. Verse 25. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. Goodness. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. There you have salvation by works. I've been slaving doo-doo-doo, cock-a-doodle-doo, and you still don't love me. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. He's also a prodigal. He's prodigal in meanness. My son... The father said, you are always with me. Everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. You have two types of sinners here. The disrespectable sinner There are people out in the world sleeping with the prostitutes and sleeping around. But then there's the other class of sinner, and that's the elder brother, and he's a respectable sinner. He goes to church every Sabbath. And everybody says, what a great elder he is. What a great person he is. And he's slaving away. But I would remind you of something. God loved both sons and he treated both sons with respect, love and compassion. Why? Because they were good? No, because the soul is more important than the world. One person. Time will fail me today to tell of Peter the denier, presumptuous, a man who ran his mouth. Have you met people like that? All grunt and no bacon. All thunder and no rain. Always talking, but not doing. And he denied the Lord of glory. But Jesus sent a message through the angel. Go tell my disciples and Peter. Why? Because of the worth of a soul. There was Thomas the doubter who said, unless I can see the Nile prince and see the 
the mark in the side, I will not believe. And Jesus did not cast him aside, even though he had doubts. Because a doubter is a soul worth more than the world. Then there's the remarkable story of the woman in the big crowd with the issue of blood. Likely she had cancer and she had been bleeding for years and she came to see Jesus with hope burning in her breast because hope burns eternal in the human heart. And as Jesus went by, she reached out a trembling finger and touched him. And Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? The disciples logically said, everybody is touching you. But he said, no, someone has touched me. He could tell the difference between an idle touch and the touch of faith. She came and fell at his feet And he said, your faith has saved you. You're healed. Go in peace. Why did he treat her this way? Why didn't he just say, I'm busy? Because she's a soul. And then there's another story, the story that gives hope to the leader of the IRS. The Internal Revenue Service as it is affectionately called here in the United States. It tells when Jesus was out one day and the leader of the tax collectors was up in a tree. He wanted to see Jesus. He was a little man. And Jesus said to him, Zacchaeus, you come down because I'm going to your house today. How did he know his name? He knew his name. A man in a tree, he knew his name. Because there is nothing more precious than a soul. Nothing more precious. Listen to this. People matter most. Not grand institutions. Not this building. Not powerful organizations. Not material possessions, America. Not houses, lands, and gadgets. The most important thing in the universe is a soul. Next, if people matter most, what is the most important thing that I can do with my life? Elmer, we're so delighted to have you here in our church today. You've been a member of this congregation for many years. We appreciate and love you. What is your profession, Elmer? I am an actress and a filmmaker. Tell me some of the uh, shows that you've been in. Um, in Living Color, television show, Touched by an Angel, ER, and films were Mo Money, uh, um, The Other Sister. Now, there have been certain great African-Americans who've had a profound impact around the world. Tell me about some 
African Americans who have influenced you and touched your life? There's been quite a few, Pastor Carter. Um, to name a few is like Frederick Douglass, uh, George Washington Carver, and of course I have to always mention my parents, Benny Mae Brown and Willie Dixon. They were my biggest mentors. Um, but the one that really um, touched me with her story was Harriet Tubman. She was um, one of the most inspirational figures, not only in African American history, but in history, world history itself. She was born back in the 1800s to uh, Harriet Green and um, Ben Ross. And they, her birth name was Aramente Ross. Um, and she made it her life passion to free slaves from the tyranny of slavery. In her early years in slavery, she was regularly beaten by her master. She was beaten so severely one time, her master threw a, a heavy metal object which hit her in the head and she had a scar for the rest of her life. And it created um, de debilitating um, circumstances for her. She had um, epileptic seizures and um, bad nightmares and visions because of that. Um, early on, in, um, she got married to John Herbert. Um, back then, it was not uncommon for this to be considered a mixed marriage. Not because he was a white man, but because he was a free man and she was still a slave. So they considered that a mixed marriage. And so she was able to really save thousands of souls and deliver them from the curse of slavery. Tell me about the man. Uh, they've even called him, I think, the peanut king because what he did with a a humble little peanut. Oh yes, um, George Washington Carver, um, who also knew Harriet Tubman. They met mm. along the way. Um, getting back to Harriet Tubman though, um, Pastor Carter, she got involved with the Underground Railroad and she got involved with that through William Still who introduced it to her in Pennsylvania when she made her way over there. And through her trips, she actually freed 300 slaves. And each time she went back to the plantation where she was a slave, she put her life on the line. But she, she said she was told by God that this was her duty to free slaves. And she said, as long as I live, this is what I'm going to do. And she did that till her dying day in 1913 at 93 years of age. What a saint. Um, Elmo. What does Jesus mean to you personally? You know, growing up, my parents were always in church, especially my mom, always sent us uh, to church every um, weekend. Um, you will hear about Jesus and you will hear about God. And sometimes as a child, it doesn't really, you know, kind of like get into your psyche what that means. So I really understood what that meant as an adult. Um, and I'm not trying to give you a, um, a kudo, but I really understood it when I came to one of your meetings before I even became a true Christian and understood it through the archaeology of how we got here and everything. And for me, for me, because my mother did die when I was young and all I had left, because I was really close to my mom, so all I had left was the Bible to really hold on to. So I really started reading it and then coming to really understand the Bible more through some of your programs. Jesus Christ, and I, I honestly, I don't, I really don't know how people can make it in life without having Christ in their, in their life because it's such a rough road life. And if I didn't have Christ in my life, I really don't think I would be standing here right now. Alma, we love you and we appreciate your testimony and thank God for you 
and so many people like you in this country who make this place, this world, a better place. God bless you, Elmer. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The city was Jerusalem. The time was long ago. The people called him Jesus. The crime was a love he showed. And I'm the one to blame. I cost all the pain. 